Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode. This month, I'm going to be doing a series of my top three lessons of 2023, and I'm going to do them by category. So today, we're going to delve into the three spiritual lessons that this year taught me. And it's kind of surreal because if you've been following me for a while or listening to my podcast for a while, you would know that your girl loves a ceremony. So I've done different types of plant medicine, but also I do ceremonies on my own, in my own home through different modalities. But interestingly, this year I didn't do any, yet I feel like I have had some of the biggest awakenings and veils have been lifted um, more so than any other year, which has been really interesting. So I'm going to share three of my top lessons. You know, these can feel maybe a bit esoteric or abstract, and I'm just going to encourage you to go with it. Just run with me here. And, you know, my prayer and my intention is that something lands, something hits your heart, and there's an aha moment for you in this and that you gain value on a soul level. Okay, let's get started. Number one is evil or darkness is a frequency. So let's go back to COVID days where there were sides. So when it comes to be these big controversial topics, there's sides. And often one side points to the other and says, you're wrong, you're bad, you're evil. And it ultimately gives them the justification to do harm to them in one way or another. You now get to lose your job because you didn't get the vaccination. You you now we're going to bomb you, we're going to whatever it is, right? So it gives them a justification to do something harmful to them based on their observation and their judgment that this person is bad and wrong. And what I'm arguing is that darkness, evil is not a side, it's a frequency. So the moment that you jump on your high horse, especially, and and what's so ironic about it is that often it's these moral high horses that we get on like oh you are so evil you are so evil look what you have done you should die it's like what the moment you wish harm on someone is the moment you've gone into the darkness the justification the rationale is completely irrelevant so when we do something knowing that it's going to cause harm on someone now we are in the frequency of darkness okay so it's not a perspective it's a frequency okay and i will even take it a step further and say when you know that something is harming another person and you don't 
speak up for the person who is being harmed. You are complicit to the harm. And again, you are aligning yourself with evil. You are aligning yourself with the darkness because the light needs to come in and light up that darkness. But if you don't bring your light, then you are in allegiance with the dark. Okay, so I really want that to land for a second, that the moment we feel justified to harm another because of what they did or what they didn't do, and we wish them ill, we wish them harm. And I've even talked to who I perceive as pretty enlightened, evolved humans on controversial topics and they get to a point where they're like, oh my gosh, those people are so evil. Let's just get them all. Let's just wipe them out. And I'm just like, wow, this is what happens when our emotions go unchecked, when we don't ground ourselves into humanity and remember that we are wishing ill on our brothers and sisters. We have lost our connection with humanity. Now, there's lots of spiritual laws where I can't harm you without also harming me. So it's so crazy to me how we can get so on sides of things and wish harm. I don't, okay, let me be really clear, okay? We are in a war in the Middle East. And I don't wish harm on one person on either sides because to me, one side isn't good and one side isn't evil. To me, if you wish harm on the other, you are dancing with the devil. You are in the frequency of darkness. If you call for peace, regardless if you're on this side or if you're on that side, you are in alignment with God. I shared a post in my stories where I was talking about how, you know, it's crazy to me how people don't understand that God doesn't want his children to suffer. Who do you think is celebrating of all these deaths? It's the devil. The devil loves human sacrifice, suffering, pain, separation, conflict. That's who's celebrating So it's crazy to me when we justify this with like a religious undertone, like it's biblical or this, and it's like, you have lost your way. And I won't make this a religious thing because I don't think it's necessary, but I do find it ironic that Christians who are supposed to be the followers of Jesus, who was the Prince of Peace, are are supporting Um, you know, the mass killings of people, whether it's on one side or another, the to me, like I said, I don't see sides, I see frequency. You know, you can be on this side and have light in your eyes, and you can be on the opposite side and have darkness in your eyes. It's what's in your eyes, and it's not your religion or what side of the border you were born on, okay? Number two, and this was a huge one for me, and it's really interesting because it takes me back to a plant ceremony that I had probably two years ago, and point two is the unveiling of the light fakers, okay? And that's my little take on lightworkers, okay? So a couple years ago, I was in an ayahuasca ceremony, um, and what was shown to me and I was doing the ceremony with Dan, what was shown to me was um, 
this it's not as it seems they are not as it seems and my conclusion from that and of, of course please understand this is fully biased this was my perception of this ceremony and this journey so I'm sharing my very biased uh, perspective on this but this is what came through for me but what I was shown was that there was light workers that are very successful in this world that have the material success and the the accolades and the followings and all that who were not of the light and specific people came to me and I obviously will never share those publicly. Um, but I remember talking to Dan after the ceremony and I'm like, whoa, that's so crazy because one of them was someone that I looked up to followed and all of that. I'm like, that's so weird. I probably means nothing. Like I was kind of just trying to like, you know, push it away because I was like, what, it, what is, why am I seeing this? Is this my judgment? Is this envy? Is this jealousy? Like I'm very um, self-reflective. So I don't look at something if I if I'm shown something, I don't just automatically believe and and think, oh, I've I've been shown this great wisdom, and I I feel like that can that can sometimes, if you are caught up in ego, can really you know, amplify ego. Um, so for me, I like to sit back and to observe and to ask, like, why is this coming up and why am I seeing this? Anyway. So nothing came, like nothing resulted from that. That was just a, a message that came through and I never really thought anything about it. But then this year, boom, it happened for me where I feel that, and again, this is my subjective perspective, owning that fully, is that for me, the veil has been lifted on self-proclaimed light workers who speak of love and light. Why do I say that? So I'm actually going to use a quote for, from someone that I found in the last couple of months. I'm going to call her Dr. R. I'm going to link her profile in the show notes so you can check her out. Um, she talks a lot on um, spiritual bypassing and just what's happening in the collective and her insights. You know, I have been thinking about what's been happening in the world so much it keeps me up at night, straight up keeps me up at night. And, you know, I post on my stories from time to time and it's, I feel like it's therapeutic for me to get it out. And also I feel the sense of obligation as a light worker to spread light and authentic light. And I talked about the importance of going through negative emotion to get to the authentic light. And Dr. R talks about this as well. But this specific quote really was like boom for me. So she wrote, you are not less spiritual if you call out injustice. This too is divine. She goes on to say, the spiritual elite preach love and light, but tolerate genocide. What does that tell you about this, the peace they seek? That's Dr. R. And that was just, it's like she took the words from my mind and said them in the most eloquent way because I also shared something similar before I read this on my stories where I was talking about I was calling forward the light workers and what is a light worker so a light worker is a healer well what do you heal do you heal in the light well you can't because there's nothing to heal in the light in the in the healed light you have to go to where you are called you have to go to the darkness so to me, when light workers, self-proclaimed light workers don't speak on injustice, 
I'm like, are you even a light worker? Or for you, is it, and that's the difference between a career and a calling. For you, being a light worker is a career because you will only talk about things that are not going to impact your bottom line of your business. For me, being a light worker is a calling. My business could come crumbling down tomorrow and I could not give a fuck. If because at the end of the day, I have to do what is right because it is my calling. It is not my career. The fact that I get paid for it is a byproduct. And yes, thank you. I take all the abundance. Thank you. But it's not a career. Now, when it's a career, you you move strategically. You speak on things only to the point where it's not going to impact you or in a, or maybe not even speak on things. You do things in a way that's tactical and strategic and fits a business model. When it is a calling, you go to the darkness. And that's what I was sharing in my stories. I said, hey, Lightworker, this, what we're going through, what the collective is going through right now, legit what we've been training for, where are you at? Where are you at? It is absolutely insane to me how so-called Lightworkers are not speaking of peace. Now, this is important too that I I think it's important to share. I don't need you to um, you know, scold the other side and call out the other side if I mean, look, it's kind of needed, right? You have to call out the injustice like Dr. R said. Um, but if that's not your um your approach, that's fine. But can you call on peace? How can you be a light worker and not call for peace? Like it it it's so mind-boggling to me how light workers are not speaking on this. So if you are a light worker and you um haven't spoken on this, you really have two choices. It's number one, remove that from your bio if you're not going to say anything. Or number two, say something. Like you're being inauthentic right now. Like I said, you don't need to know all the facts. You don't need to have all the stats. You don't need, you can speak of peace because that's what lightworkers do. You can call on peace. You can speak of humanity. All of those are literally part of your calling if it is in fact your calling and not a strategic move to make money okay now I could go on and on about that but I don't want to because it's going to take me down a random tangent that I don't think is purposeful I think it will be more of a release for me and that I can do in my own personal uh, emotional processing you guys don't need to be the recipient of that so let's move on to point number three this was a huge one so Point number three, lesson number three is it's not just children who are afraid of the dark. Eesh. Okay, so I'm going to draw on Dr. R's quote, okay? And she says about um, Western therapy, okay? It has conditioned us to believe that living sanitary lives free from any stress is the holy grail. They've become so successful that we willingly numb ourselves and call it self-care, okay? And she's talking about Western therapy and social media. So let, let's say that part again. So they've become so successful at conveying this message, okay, that the holy grail is to be, you know, stress-free, 
that we willingly numb ourselves and call it self-care. Boom. Boom. Now she goes and talks about a lot of about like individualism versus collectivism and and the importance of, um, you know, considering the collective in terms of healing. And we actually don't heal in isolation and how we've just got it all wrong. And I totally agree with the sentiment of that. And I won't go into that. Um, but like I said, I will link her, please go check her out because she has so much wisdom on this. And I just know that if you are receptive, it will speak to your soul. Now, let me give you an EQ perspective of this. So when, um, Dr. R speaks about this to me, uh, from an emotional intelligence perspective, I'm thinking of fragility, right? It's like, how can I take care of myself? Like all about like bubble baths and making sure I'm fine and regulating my nervous system, constantly regulating. And, oh, if it spikes, I got to bring it like, and listen, your mental health priority, definitely your overall well-being a priority. Definitely. However, and I'm going to pull on one of her other quotes. Okay. This is huge. This is huge colonial hyper individualism shows up when you deprioritize genocide to protect your mental health think about that your mental health is an individualistic perspective genocide is a collective thing right this is suffering of others versus what's happening in my mind right now in this second in this moment and that's essentially what it is. It's like, listen, Mars, I can't look like seeing all that stuff. Like really it impacts, it impacts my mental health. Well, good. It should, it should, if your heart is broken, I read this somewhere. If your heart is broken and has been broken over and over and over again in the last, however many weeks as this bullshit has been going on. Good. It's a sign that your heart is working. You're supposed to feel, it's supposed to feel broken. You're not supposed to be able to witness pain and suffering and death and feel normal. But when, when did we get in our culture? When did we get to a point that me not having an elevated emotion is so important that I'm not going to look at the suffering of my brothers and sisters. I'm going to pull on another quote as well. Um, so this is by Sasha Heron. I'm also going to link her profile. She writes, colonized healing means in quotations, love and light while hyper avoidance of pain and trauma, desperately clinging to comfort and privilege. I'm, I'm, I'm all about love and light. Do not get me wrong. And if you understand my teachings, what I teach people to do is to move through the emotional scale and know how to be fluid and agile with their emotions so that they can take themselves from feeling like absolute crap to feeling much, much better. And then eventually joy and bliss. But the thing is we can't pretend that those lower frequency emotions don't exist. And what this year has shown to me is how many adults are afraid of the dark, their own darkness. Because here's the thing, when you have explored your dark, when you have done that healing on yourself, listen, I've done so much healing on myself that like I can look at the dark and it doesn't consume me. 
I can even sit in the dark and it doesn't consume me. And I can bring light into the dark. That's how I know I'm a light worker. Because your darkness, it might scare me if I see evil in your eyes because you want to kill someone. But it's not going to stop me from saying what I need to say because it is my calling. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm not afraid of my dark. And because I'm not afraid of my dark, I'm not afraid of your dark. And so many of us have lived these sanitized lives, all about our self-care and prioritizing ourselves. Like this was an agenda. Like, and I think this is the biggest thing that's happened to me this year specifically is how much we have been programmed to put ourselves first to the point of neglecting the collective. But you can't neglect the collective and think that you are going to elevate. It doesn't work like that. That is a false sense of elevation. And look, I know I'm probably being um, or I'm coming across as judgmental. But listen, it needs to be said. It needs to be said. And you know what? I would rather be the friend that tells you when you're wrong than not correct you when you're wrong. I, I don't understand that. It's in the same way. Like, let's say, for example, my friend has some really like weird beliefs about what's happening in the world. Rather than not having that uncomfortable conversation, I would rather have that uncomfortable conversation. Be like, hey, sis, so talk to me about like this, like just wondering why you think that. Like, do you understand that that's the only way we're going to get to peace? Like if we're all just living in our silos and just focusing on our own mental health and just like not looking over here, that we never have the power to change the wrong that's in the world. How do we get to an elevated state? How do we create this heaven on earth that we're all trying to create when we know, when we know that there's genocides and massacres happening in the world and we're not saying anything? And listen, if someone is going to say to you when you start speaking up, like, hey, why didn't you care about that last year? Or why didn't you do not let such small, like to me, that's so uh, juvenile type thinking, like someone that is so small minded and petty. What does it matter if you didn't speak about it last year? It has been brought to your attention now. And because you are a human that cares about other humans, now you're going to speak about it. And you didn't have to, you shouldn't have to justify to anyone why you want to stop the killing of other people. You shouldn't have to justify why you didn't speak about it last year or why you're not talking about that massacre and that genocide over here. That is a way to shut you down and to make you be quiet and don't do it. Don't ever give your power away. And you know what? It's so evident to me who has done the work, who is doing the work, who has done the shadow work, and who truly is a light worker because it is light workers right now who are truly speaking up for peace. And showing that they're not afraid of the dark. And unfortunately, the vast majority are afraid of the dark. Now, let me just take, again, an emotional intelligence perspective of this. To me, it signifies that you haven't healed your trauma because from an emotional intelligence and healing perspective is... You got caught in a dark place at one point in time in your life. You were unable to come out of these really heavy emotions. And now you don't want to go back there. 
And that fear of going into the darkness means you buffer anyone else. You sanitize your life. You focus on your own self-care. You medicate yourself because your emotions are all that matters. But when really a highly functioning, highly contributing human being knows how to regulate themselves and knows how to build themselves up so strongly that they can make a positive impact when the world needs them. And so again, speaking to the light workers, if you are feeling called out, please don't feel called out. Please feel called forward and know that you've been indoctrinated into a spiritual system that's full of lies and that you can't just focus on feeling good and relaxing into receiving whilst knowing that your brothers and sisters are suffering. You must call for the end of the suffering first because as Dr. R said, this too is divine. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright. <laughs>